thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Exception with your host, Rachel Favilla. Hello, lovely ones, and welcome to the final ever episode of The Healthy Exception, the podcast for teenagers choosing to be the healthy exception to the unhealthy rule. Yes, um, this is the final ever episode of this podcast series, and I first, off the blocks, I just want to say a big thank you to all of you that listen, that have listened, you know, since day one or have picked up along the way. Um, I'm so grateful because without you, without an audience, I would literally just be talking to my iPhone and uploading it on deaf ears, basically. Um, so thank you so much for lis- for listening and for supporting me. Those of you that have then gone above and beyond and sent me messages to tell me you love the show. Those of you that have actually, when you've, that have, you know, live in Adelaide and have said, hey, let's catch up. Or those of you that have been visiting from interstate and have said, hey, do you want to, you know, catch up while I'm over here? That has been probably my favorite thing about actually having the podcast is making new friends. So thank you for that. Um, and I'd also like to say I'm really, really sorry if you love the show and you're really bummed because you're like, but it don't, the episodes only just came back like a few weeks ago and now they're, they're going um, because I do know that in the past I've become quite addicted to certain podcast shows or web series or blogs and when they've, you know, been no more or they've slowed down for a bit, I've been like... <laughs> well, what am I going to do? Um, so I'm really sorry. So I'll just, I won't spend your whole time, um, all of our time on this episode, talking you through every single decision that went on in my brain as to why I'm stopping. Cause today's focus is going to be on personal care products, skincare and chemicals. Um, but I do just want to give you, I feel like I do owe you a little bit of an explanation as to why the podcasts are ending maybe a little bit abruptly. Um, so when I started this podcast, honestly, I started it for three reasons. The first one was that I did see a gap in the podcast for lack of a better word market. Um, you know, most podcasters are adults and they're speaking to adults. So men are speaking to men, women are speaking to women. Sometimes they're speaking to both genders, but it's generally always for adults. Um, and there is not heaps out there for us teenagers, especially when it comes to health. And I thought, well, you know, we can just listen like I always do. We can always listen to, you know, adults talking to adults and just take on the same sort of tips. But sometimes maybe it's not as relatable for us. We need it not not dumbed down, but maybe we don't need to go into as much detail on things. Maybe there are certain things we need to go into more detail on. There are certain topics that are more relevant than others. We need tips of what to do when you're still living at home and you're not entirely independent and you need to still exist in your little family unit rather than making all the decisions yourself and pulling ranks. So I did see that gap and I wanted to sort of speak to that audience. Um, I also was told by some of my, you know, health gurus like, you know, Cindy O'Meara, Kim Morrison, Joe Witten, they, you know, they encouraged me to have a podcast, not in a forceful way. I'm not blaming them and going, oh, it's their fault. I have one and, you know, anything like that. But they were like, you know, you should, you're so passionate and you're articulate. You should go for it. And, you know, I look up to them so much. They're, you know, some of my heroes. And so I was flattered and sort of took it as a sign that I should start podcasting. Um, and thirdly, and I cringe when I admit this, um, but this podcast has always been about being real, so I'm going to. There was probably 
quite a bit of ego in there as well because when I'd been interviewed on other people's shows, I had been so excited on the mornings that those podcasts came out and I loved listening to them. It was like, oh my gosh, that's me and other people are going to be downloading and listening and that's cool. And it was all very exciting and I was like, imagine if I felt this happy and this enlightened and excited once a fortnight, like, whoa. That would be a boost for my self-esteem. Um, so there was a bit of like, oh, other people will be listening to me. It'll be a little bit famous, um, get my name out there sort of thing. And not that that's an entirely bad reason, but if that's your like almost one of your number one reasons for taking on a big project, because, you know, having a podcast, is, especially when you're doing it by yourself, is kind of a big deal, especially when you're not getting paid to do it. It's all in your own time. Um, it's your own money that's gone into um, starting it up and then maintaining it, doing it for the fame, for the glory, just is a pretty icky um, reason to do it. And so then last year, so when you remember when I took that pretty long break and it was about middle of the year-ish, um, you know, everything was sort of coming to a head. There was a lot going on in my immediate family that it was just really stressful. Um, I was sort of, I think, just a bit burnt out as well, I just, I didn't feel like I had heaps of time to myself. And when I did, I was feeling guilty because I felt like I should be working on the podcast. I should be working on the blog. I should be writing my book, you know, all of these sorts of things, all these things that no one was putting pressure on me to do. I was choosing to do them. And yet somehow there was this pressure. And so I thought I just need to take a break from the podcast. It's not reaching the audience I thought it would. It's not getting as many downloads each week. Not that it's about the downloads and the numbers and the stats, but if you're putting so much money into something and it's not gaining the traction, it sort of is a bit about that, um, just to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, it's sort of like, well, people can just listen to other podcasts that are more popular and they're going to get similar sorts of information. Um, so I thought, all right, I'm just going to take a first I thought I'll just take a break and I'll regroup and see what happens but what I realized was I loved taking a break like it was awesome I didn't miss it I did not miss podcasting at all I was relieved and I was like hmm why would I go back to something that I'm so happy isn't in my life anymore um but I tried to work through that and go no you know could I still do it and do it in a way that I'd enjoy it more and I thought you know I could I could get a bit more creative I could maybe do like a series and go you know Rachel's mates or Rachel's friends and I could get my friends on here and get them to sort of ask me questions that they're interested in and it would be like a Q&A sort of thing like I had all these ideas but I was like, yeah, I could do that, but it's still not my passion. I love the whole medium of radio work and podcasting, but not so much, I don't think, when I'm the instigator. I'm so open to being on other people's shows. I would love to, you know, be on mainstream radio shows regularly as like a resident nutritionist. Uh, but as like an, a fortnightly thing, it's just not something that lights me up and something I want to put a whole lot of money and energy into. So I'm doing this, trying to be a good, good role model, and that's why I'm explaining to go, I don't believe that we should be putting pressure on ourselves to do things that don't light us up anymore. Um, and if we can stop, if we do start, and you know, I don't regret this. I, you know, I started it and I've learned a lot from it. I've had a lot of ex great experiences from it, um, but I'm not going to keep going. You know, we can all try things on, but if they're not working for us, we can take that hat off and try something new or just leave things be for a while, let the waters sort of settle again. So yes, that's why this podcast is coming to an end. But again, thank you for listening. And I'm very 
sorry if you're really going to miss it. Um, what I will say though is that I'm personally not going anywhere. So if you like the Facebook page, uh, all the w's.facebook.com forward slash real soup for the real soul. I'm very active on there. I do video a few videos a week normally. Um, there's still my blog. Haven't posted for a while, but that's because I'm working on my first book, which I'm hoping will come out at some point this year. Um, it'll just depend. My little cheerleader and proofreader, Emma, is overseas at the moment, um, and she's sort of said, can you wait for it to get published? Like, can you wait till I'm back in the country? Because I've, I've been a big part of this. So it'll either be this year or early next year I'm aiming on having it published, which is very exciting. So I am usually would probably be more active on the blog, but I'm putting all of my spare time into writing my book, um, which is really exciting. So please know that I'm not personally going anywhere. You can still hear from me, keep up with my antics. It's just this podcast isn't going to be around anymore. Um, but all the back episodes, will still be on iTunes. So, you know, if you haven't listened to all of them, there's still, you know, almost, there's over a year's worth of content there. So never fear. So hopefully that's enough of an explanation there. Um, And now I'd love to dive into, yeah, topic uh, discussion on the topic of personal care products, chemicals, and skincare, which is the top, because I can't do an um, podcast, like have a podcast series for teenagers without covering this because, we are an audience that is so heavily marketed to when it comes to um, skincare products and whatnot. Um, and I, the reason I haven't done this episode sooner was because I was going to wait for my friend Kim Morrison, who is arguably one of Australia's leading experts when it comes to natural personal care products and essential oils. Um, and I reckon we have tried to record a podcast for you about seven times at least, um, and either she's had to cancel or I've had to cancel or we've made it work, but then Skype has had an absolute field day with us and we've had to just reschedule because by the time we've done like 20 minutes of recording that's all scratchy and dropping out and then we've lost connection altogether, um, then we don't have time to start again. So I've taken this as a sign that as much as I wanted Kim on because I look up to her so much and she's taught me so much, I took all that toing and froing as a bit of a sign that the universe was going rage. Kim has taught you well and you can do this episode by yourself and put your own little flair on it. So um, yes, Kim is with us in spirit and I hope that I do her proud with this episode. So the reason I want to talk about personal care products and chemicals and whatnot is Because, you know, we've touched on it in so many other episodes. When we talk about the gut, we talk about how chemicals aren't great because they stress the body out or they compromise our hormones. And that's why I want to talk about it today. But I want to talk about it specifically in terms of personal care products because from a very young age, we are marketed to, um, even as young, particularly girls, um, sorry, so sorry, guys reading, uh, guys listening, but girls, like you think about all the pretty, you know, pink, sparkly, makeup-y stuff that's cheap and nasty, but it's, you know, we want to feel like we're older than we actually are. So we go to the cheap shops and get the cheap makeup that's in those, you know, plastic, bottles and containers and squeezy pouches, usually with like cartoon princesses on it or whatever it is. From a young age, we are exposed to a lot of chemicals um, and artificial colorings and synthetic fragrances, which I would say for me, um, especially with my history of liver disease, arguably one of the most toxic ingredients in skincare products in the first place. 
And then as we graduate into, you know, the years of our teens, um, you know, we're told that, okay, you've got really bad skin, you've got acne, you've just got pimples and blackheads. So you need all of these different potions and lotions and concoctions to combat that. And, you know, you're hormonal and smelly and stinky and sweaty. So you need a whole lot of deodorant. And then if you know you're that bit older again you're a young adult then it's all about the makeup covering up any of your flaws looking younger having youth serums all of these things and it never really stops at every single age and stage there's a market whether that's perfume makeup deodorants for men shaving creams shampoo, you know shampoos conditioners across the board shower gels and the scare the frightening thing about these is that there's just in most mainstream products there are so many ingredients that haven't even been tested for safety. Um, if they have been tested for safety, they have not been tested. They've been tested in isolation, so they haven't been tested in the chemical concoction that they've then been added to. So as an example, you might go, okay, a tiny bit of, I don't personally believe that any of it, any amount is safe, but one of the particularly um, questionable ingredients that's often found in personal care products. So if you even want to take this podcast into your um, bathroom cabinet now and just uh, pretty much look at any sort of, look at the back of any sort of packet and look for um, SLS or sodium lauryl sulfate or so sodium laureth sulfate, um, arguably one of the most questionable ingredients in skincare products really can mess with the endocrine system and we do not want our hormones messed with. Um, also quite a burden for the liver. So say, say hypothetically the average person isn't technically going to be too affected if they have a very small exposure to this chemical, right? And so the shampoo manufacturers will go, well, we don't put harmful levels of this SLS into our shampoo. Lovely. But there's like another 30, 40, 50 ingredients in that shampoo most of them unpronounceable, most of them probably equally or at least almost as toxic and harmful for the liver as SLS. What's going on when we're putting all 51 of these ingredients together and then putting it on our, on our hair, you know, several times a week? And then on top of that, there's very similar ingredients in the conditioner we use and in the shower gel. And then there's all the, oh my God, like the hundreds and hundreds of chemicals in our deodorants and perfumes. And then things like in our cleansers and in our makeup ladies or guys, if you're into like, if you do dancing or drama, you probably wear makeup as well for your productions. And you just start to go, whoa, that's, that's a lot of chemicals. And we can argue till the cows come home that we have livers and kidneys and we've got our skin and we've got poo and wee and all of these marvellous aspects of our body that help us to, to detoxify. But, you know, just general living, just breathing and eating creates toxins in the body that the, our, these organs have to deal with. Just going outside and, you know, being exposed to fumes from buses, cars and trains, these things our bodies have to detoxify and these are sort of things that we can't get away from. We can't stop eating. We can't stop breathing. We're not going to be able to ever go outside really and not breathe in some sort of chemical from some sort of emission, right? These are things like that we just can't control, but personal care products we can. So the less burden we can put in our bodies, why wouldn't we do it? Especially with, you know, the, num the incidence of cancer and autoimmune disease and all these other diseases that really affect our organs of detoxification why 
on earth would we voluntarily put more things on and into our bodies that are harmful? It's the same conversation as with food. You know, we've talked about just eating real food and now we're going to be talking about just using natural personal care products. Um, So what are natural personal care products? If most of us, you know, unless we're really switched on and we've, well, sorry, not switched on. I don't mean you're not switched on if you're still using products that contain personal, um, that contain if you're still using products that contain questionable ingredients, um, I'm just saying, you know, those of you that have maybe have parents that are onto this or you've been listening to podcasts and reading reading up on things for a while yourself, um, if, these, if this is what most of us are using, then what's natural? Because I'm sure most of you know about greenwashing, which is where, um, and if not, I'll like, tell you what it is now. So that's where the ingredients are still pretty nasty. But there might be, you know, say three or four ingredients that are actually quite beautiful and natural. So, you know, um, a few chains uh, that spring to mind. So like shopping center chains, chain stores that, you know, are in most major shopping precincts. There are two that um, I particularly think of that advertise themselves as all natural. We don't test on animals. We're eco-friendly, yada, yada. Um, You might know just by me saying that which ones I'm talking about Uh, anyway and so they yes sure they might use cocoa butter beautiful they might use aloe vera they might use macadamia oil they might use organic coffee in one of their body scraps lovely but they're still using everything else but they're not going to talk about that else they're going to go with organic coffee with green tea extract with natural cocoa butter rich in vitamin e you know all of these sorts of things right and so you're, and then on top of that, they're going to be like, we are fair trade and we don't test on animals. And so already all of that, and they might use really natural looking packaging. So you're like, oh, beautiful. This is awesome. But you're still getting all the other chemicals. So fantastic. Maybe it's slightly better than, you know, going to the supermarket and getting whatever's on special, but it's still not a whole lot better. So what is actually natural? Well, basically, <laughs> Um, what you want to do is you want to actually look at the ingredient list. So here I have two products in front of me. One I have stolen from mum's bathroom cabinet. Now she doesn't actually use this. This used to be mine. It was, I'm pretty sure it was gifted to me. Oh, look, years ago. We are 2010. So we're going on eight years ago and I can't believe we actually haven't thrown it out, but it was sitting in mum's cabinet, which is handy for the purpose of this podcast. Um, and this is a podcast, uh, a, a podcast, a product that is marketed um, for scars, for stretch marks, uneven skin tone, aging skin, dehydrate or dehydrated skin. And their advertising claim is contains the breakthrough ingredient uh, per sealant oil. P U R C E L I N oil. Don't know how I'm pronouncing that. Anyway, um, it's one of those products, it's quite a famous one. I'm not going to actually name the brand because um, I don't want to get into any trouble there or have any suits, lawsuits coming my way. Um, but basically, it's promoted to pregnant women to get rid of stretch marks. It's promoted as a, you know, they talk about, you know, experts in the field using it and all of that. So you'd think, oh, if experts are using it, if it's safe for pregnant women, which I would argue it's actually not, um, then 
Oh, it's probably an awesome product. So anyway, I've got that in front of me and I, in a sec, I will read out the ingredients of that. I've also got my beautiful, and I can mention the brand name here because it's beautiful and I love it, 28 Essentials, um, the Nourish Revitalizing Moisturizer, which is a product that is as natural as natural can be as far as, you know, actually buying products um, from a company as opposed to making them yourself can be. So I'm going to read out, first of all, the first uh, one, the one I stole from Mum's cabinet that I can't believe we haven't thrown out. Um, oh, here we go. It also says that it's hypoallergenic and suitable for sensitive skin. Um, rapidly absorbed, non-greasy non for face and body, has chamomile, lavender, rosemary, and calendula oils and vitamins A and E. So there you go. Or, already that is greenwashing because it's in a sec you'll see You'll hear some of the ingredients, you'll be like, that is not natural, but it's got that beautiful, natural sort of air about it. So here's, anyway, here's the ingredients of this product. Um, and please forgive my pronunciation because some of these are very foreign looking words. So paraffinum liquidum, trisononianin, ceteryl ethanol hexonate, isopropyl Myristate, retinol palmitate, helenothionous anise seed oil, tocopheryl acetate, athemus nobilis flower oil, lavandula angustifolia oil. Now that's actually okay, that's lavender. Rosamarinus officialis leaf oil. Again, that's okay, I believe that is rosemary. Um, calendula officialis oil extract. That's okay, that's calendula. Glycine soja oil, BHT. Bisabolinol, perfume, which is another word for fragrance, which probably means it has just in that one perfume has probably a hundred or so different chemicals. Um, alpha isomethyl ionone, amyl cinnamol, benzyl salicylate, oh, so, sorry, benzyl salicylate, citronella, cumarin, eugenol, farsenol, geraniol. Hydroxy citronella, hydro hydroxysohexyl, three cyclohexane carboxaldehyde, limoline, linalool, Cl two six one hundred. I don't know about you, but I didn't really get any of that. I was just reading out. It looked like I was back in biochemistry or my first year of uni. Um, apart from the few essential oils like rosemary and lavender that were just um, listed in their botanical names. So as you can see, this was marketed as a very natural, safe, hypoallergenic product. But would, would you actually feel comfortable putting all of that on your skin when they're things you can't even pronounce and they all sound like they belong in a chemistry lab? So that's that. Now, this is an actually natural product. So these are both moisturizers, by the way. Um, so this is then the natural one. Purified water, macadamia oil, apricot kernel oil, olive oil, camellia oil, rosehip oil, shea butter, vitamin E, grapefruit seed extract, lavender, rosewood, frankincense, calendula and patchouli. Beautiful. I understand all of those things except for the olive oil, but I'm guessing that's something to do with olives. Um, either way, I would rather put that on my skin. So that's natural. If you can pick it up and you can understand pretty much every ingredient and the one or two that you can't sound pretty reasonable. They don't sound like, you know, ceteral olivate, 
sort of just sounds like that's probably some sort of botanical name for an olive ex extract. Um, that's something you do want to be putting on your skin if you can afford it and it's easy, easy to access. If you pick it up and you can't, it's the same as with food. If you pick it up and you don't know what it is, don't put it on your body um, because it probably hasn't even been tested. Um, so you might be overwhelmed if you've taken me into your bathroom cabinet, like I got you to take me into your pantry when we did the Just Eat Real Food episode, and you might be thinking, shit, like everything contains chemicals, everything. What am I supposed to do? Am I meant to just throw this all out and go spend a bucket load of money on more? Um, I'd say no. Look, if you're not, here's the thing that, you know, I don't want to freak you out and I don't want you to, you know, go, go into debt or anything like that. Um, based on this episode, if you're not, you know, if, if you have like very unfortunate, you have an autoimmune disease, you have cancer or some sort of immunocompromising condition, I would say, yeah, get rid of all of it. Um, and just do the best with what you can, even if you have to go without washing your hair for a little bit, um, and you do, or, you know, just using a bit of water and vinegar or something just for a little bit till you can afford better, you know, more like certified organic shampoos and conditioners or going to the health food store and getting them to recommend one that is, tell them you need one that's completely natural, not even greenwashed, like actual natural, um, something like that. If you just need to use, you know, olive oil or coconut oil from your pantries, moisturizers or cleansers in the interim, do that. Um, otherwise, if you're not sick, just use up what you have and then instead of going out and buying the same thing, look, do your research and look for ones, um, products with ingredients you understand. Um, your best bet are going to places like bulk, bulk food health stores where they often will sell pretty natural personal care products, like in big, they'll be in big barrels and you can just take your own containers or they have con um, empty containers that, that you can fill up. That's a really cheap option. Um, or there are even, if you want to get all Martha Stewart or, and that sort of thing, you can always get recipes and make your, your own yourself. Um, but something I'm a huge fan of, honestly, like you can do research and find a whole lot of new brands and that's fantastic and it's a lot of fun, but it can get quite expensive. So seeing as this, there's been so many other episodes, if you just go into iTunes and type in your natural personal care products or chemical-free skincare or something. I'm sure a whole lot of other podcasts will come up and they'll talk about brands and all of that. But because you're teenagers and this is a teenage show and we don't always have the most money and it might even be that our parents are the ones that buy all of our personal care products and we don't want to put the burden onto them, I'm a huge fan of just using pantry staples. So, there are a few things I do buy because I'm not keen to make them myself. So that is my shampoo, my conditioner, um, and my cleanser. Those are three things that I will actually buy. So the shampoo and conditioner I get is from a Queensland brand called Eversense, and I like the rose one, but they also do an orange one as well. Um, and, and that's all like flavored with essential oils. There's no artificial fragrances. There's no toxic ingredients at all. Um, and then I like using my 28 cleanser and I'm a bit of a 28 tart really. Like I have a lot of the 28 products just cause they're really beautiful, but I do use them sparingly and I often will supplement them with all my own homemade stuff. So what I will do a lot of the time is a cleanser. Um, if I'm not using my 28 cleanser is literally just I'll get a little um, little jar and I'll put coconut oil 
rapadura sugar, raw cacao powder and organic coffee grinds. Enough so that it's a sort of like a scrub if you've ever had like a hand scrub or a body scrub, that sort of consistency. And I'll wet my face and I'll just massage that all into my face and then wash it off. Now that's great in the morning because it's, the coffee really wakes you up. Um, but it's also great because what it does is that because of the, the sugar, the grinds and the cacao and how gritty they are and they really get, they get into the pores and they scrub it and then you wash it off. But the cool thing is also is that the coconut oil is antifungal, antimicrobial, so it's going to help clean the face. And it's also because of the oils and the antioxidants in the coffee and the chocolate, you're also getting um, beautiful nourishing moisturizing oils on your face as well. So you can cleanse and moisturize in one. Um, for a hand scrub, I love using, so in the morning I'll have a lemon water anyway, so I juice a whole lemon just in a little handheld juicer. Um, so I'm always left with the pulp anyway. So what I'll do is I'll drink the lemon juice with my water and then I'll keep the pulp and I'll put that into a little dish with olive oil and uh, rapadura sugar, maybe a little bit of salt. At the moment, I found some really old acai berry powder that I used to use back when I was in year 10. So what was that, 2012? And it's out of date now. So don't know how much goodness is left in it. It was at the back of the cupboard, but I was like, Oh, I'll put that in. So I've been putting that in and using that as a hand and body scrub. So I'll just, again, I'll wet my hands, I'll massage it into my hands and the cuticles, rinse it off with warm water, and I've just, you know, instead of using a hand cream, I've just used up the lemon pulp that would have gotten thrown out or just got put into my smoothie, which isn't my favorite thing to do just because it makes, just changes the flavor a bit. And I love my smoothie so much. I don't really want that lemon zing in there all the time because it's got chocolate in it and I just don't like lemon and chocolate together. <laughs> Call me crazy. Um, you know, so it's got the lemon pulp I would have thrown out. We already have olive oil. We already have rapadura sugar and the um, acai berry powder is totally optional. You don't even need to use it. But if you do have it on hand, it does add antioxidants. So things like that, you know, after your shower, just using olive oil or coconut oil on your skin as a moisturizer. Um, jojoba oil, really cheap. You can buy that or rosehip oil. Um, you can get that at the health food store relatively cheaply and it's very potent. Just using a drop or two and massaging that around your eyes at night and in the morning, great for fine lines and dark circles. Um, you probably, being young, don't have fine lines yet. Um, but, you know, prevention is better than cure. So looking after the um, rims of the eyes is very important because the, the younger you start, the longer you look youthful and have that glow. Um, so they're little things you can do. Look, honestly, I reckon if you're, if this episode's the first time you've ever really questioned or thought to question what's the chemicals in your personal care products, um, my recommendation is watch YouTube videos, Google, find recipes, look, check out brands that are natural, learn about greenwashing. So, you know, understand that it doesn't, it's like the exact, it's the same as food. Don't look at all the claims on the label. Turn it over, look for an ingredient list. If there isn't an ingredient list, don't trust it. If there is and you don't understand it, it feels like you're in a chemistry class, don't use it. If there is an ingredient list and both the labels on the front look like it's a safe product and you turn it over and you can understand every single ingredient, it's a good, good one. Don't want to spend the extra money, make it yourself and just decide which products you're not going to make and where you're going to invest your money. I think that's really important. Um, if you're like, oh, I don't know where to start, the three ingredients that I would say, okay, just if you see the any of these three things on the label, steer clear. 
um, are fragrance, also known as perfume or parfum, um, or it's not not essential oil, but um, fra- fragrance essential oil. If if it's a real essential oil, it shouldn't say fragrance oil. It should just say essential oil and tell you what one it is. If it says fragrance essential oil, they shouldn't need to use the word fragrance. So it's probably been mucked with. So any of those, basically um, fragrances, par- perfumes, perfumes, they're synthetic. They're just made up of hundreds of chemicals. They're a massive burden on the liver, really bad for the lungs. Some people, I find personally that they do give me a few breathing difficulties. Um, I always feel completely intoxicated. It's almost like I've, for me, it's no different to being around someone who's smoking a cigarette, um, being around someone who's wearing perfume, revolting. And same with fragranced bath bombs or body butters or anything like that. I feel sick um, to my stomach. I I just feel like I want to Honestly, I want to run away from someone who's wearing perfume. I don't want to be around them, even if I really love them, because honestly, my with my history of liver disease, my liver just goes, what is this? Get me away from it. Um, sort of like a primitive reflex, like fight or flight. Um, so that would be number one. If any of those ingredients don't get, just don't go there. Um, SLS, another one, and parabens. And parabens, it might be propyl paraben, it might be methyl paraben, anything that ends with parabens. These are endocrine disruptors. So what they do is they tend to mimic estrogen in the body or other hormones, um, and they will bind to our actual hormone binding sites, and which means that our own hormones can't bind to them. So we end up with a whole lot of symptoms of um, either artificial hormonal activity or just hormone deficiency because our natural hormones aren't actually working the way they are intended to. They're not give, being given the chance to. Um, and as soon as we have hormonal imbalances, we can experience symptoms in pretty much any body system. We can have neuro, um, you know, neurological issues. We might lose weight, gain weight, feel bloated, have upset digestion, be constipated, have diarrhea, like anything. Like hormones govern the body, so you just don't know where it's going to show up. A lot of the time it can be a skin reaction as well. You just don't know. Um, So they're the three things. SLS and parabens are sort of similar in how they affect the body, major burden for the liver, and fragrances, I would go as far as to say they're the number one ingredient to stay away from, just personally. Um, But, of course, you can do more research, I would recommend um, the website, uh, Alex Stewart's website, Lotox Life. Um, Any information put out there by Kim Morrison is really good. And Lola Berry, nutritionist Lola Berry, one of my biggest girl crushes, biggest heroes. Uh, She actually has a book called Lola Berry's Beauty Food. And if you do one thing after listening to this um, podcast, I would recommend that you get her book. Because what I love about Lols is because she's a nutritionist, she doesn't just talk about getting rid of chemicals in your life. She talks about skincare from food perspective. So, you know, the way that you eat actually influences the way your skin looks regardless of whether you're using personal care products or not and how your hair and your nails and your teeth and your eyes and all of these sorts of things, how they're influenced by the foods you eat. And I think that's fantastic because, you know, just by eating things like berries or green tea that have antioxidants, Um, eating things like avocados or almonds that have vitamin E, eating oranges and lemons that have vitamin C or carrots and pumpkins, sweet potatoes or eggs with their vitamin A, 
This is going to be good for the skin regardless of whether you're putting moisturizer on. Eating good fats moisturizes the skin from inside out. So, you know, I think another thing, if you're like, I can't afford all the, you know, I used to use a, a cleanser and a toner and a moisturizer and this and that and the other, just eating well can actually play a massive role in keeping everything else healthy. So that is, I think, a really good place to finish um, is remembering not to freak out. Let's just recap. So it's, uh, okay, so we'll just do, we'll just go through each of the points. So the first one is read anything that you're putting on or into your body at the moment, read the ingredient list just the way you would food. And if you don't understand it, either use it up if you're not sick at the moment and then just don't restock it. And in the meantime, do your research, decide what brands you are going to buy, what's cheapest, what's most accessible. Could you make it yourself? You know, do that, look, do that sort of research. If you're sick, I'd almost say get rid of it now. Um, maybe possibly, look, this is a bit of a ethical gray area if you know some if you really hate wastage and you know someone that just isn't interested at the moment you know you maybe you've tried talking about chemicals with them and they totally aren't into it they totally don't believe you and they're going to use this stuff anyway regardless of what you say maybe just see if they want all the stuff you're giving away because then at least it's getting used it's not going into landfill but that's totally up to you um, and then either restock straight away if you can afford it um, make as much as you can yourself, um, go without a few things if you need to for a while until you can afford it, and take care of the diet. The more fruits, veggies, nuts, seeds, whole grains, legumes, eggs, things like beautiful whole foods that you eat, oily fish, the more glowing and youthful your skin will appear anyway. Then if you have the right balance of fatty acids, your hormones will be happy. You probably won't have all the skin conditions anyway. Um, sleep and exercise and laughter and stuff is also very important for the skin. I think they're often neglected, but you know, exercising boosts, boosts human growth hormone, which actually makes us appear more youthful. Sleep is a no-brainer when it comes to looking young. Um, and just not just looking young, but just looking healthy and glowing in the best version of yourself, basically. And laughter is incredible. And, you know, if we have a few laughter lines, if that's the only sort of blemish on your skin, you're doing okay. But remember, the jojoba oil or olive oil around the eyes will remedy that anyway. Um, yeah, so then going on those websites, so Alex Stewart's website, anything that was written by Kim Morrison is a surefire and Lola Berry's Beauty Food is beautiful. Or even um, Lowell's has a YouTube channel and she has even a video on yoga poses for um, making your skin glow as well. So get around that. Um, just get around Lowell's anyway. Lola is just – I'm probably a bit biased, but I love her and I just think anything she puts her name to is pretty aces. So get around that. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring this up in case you haven't thought about it before. It's the same principle as food. If you don't understand what is in something, if it feels like you're in a chemistry class, don't put it onto your body. Don't put it into your body. Keep away from it wherever you can and spread the word, not in a judgmental way, but just bring it up. If someone has never, if you, you know, you know, you've got your friends and they've never thought about it, just Maybe get them to listen to this episode. Bring it up. Watch and do Lola's YouTube yoga for skin um, tutorial or just something. Just inspire yourselves. And 
be open to learning more and just looking after your skin, remembering that the skin is an organ, just like your liver, your heart, your kidneys, your brain. The skin, we often don't think of it as an organ because we're looking at it all the time. We're not usually looking at any of our other organs, but it is. So treat it with the same respect um, that you would any of those other reverent body parts. So I might leave it there. Um, I really hope that you've loved this podcast and that you'll that you'll stick around you'll stay if you haven't already that you will like the Facebook page and you'll connect keep connecting and keeping up with my antics you know if you want to please like send me a message leave a comment on a video or a post let me know that you're out there um, I love connecting with you I think that's the biggest for lack of a cliched word blessing um, about having this podcast at all is the connections I've got to make with you. Um, and that's made it worth it. So yeah, let me know, um, just keep in touch and I'll see you in the future with other endeavors and stay posted for the book. All right. For the final time ever. Thank you for trusting me with your time and your ears today. I'll see you on the other side. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.